0: It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the
1: fin side. I, it ain't the left side. Welcome or to the a right, special right episode side. of On the Fin Side here with Brian Catanzaro and Paul Pickin. Join us on Facebook, on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and find us on iTunes as well. And you can send a message via Twitter with the hashtag. Finside Q. That's F-I-N-S-I-D-E-Q. We're here today with a, with a guest that a lot of people in the Twitter world, or if you're looking at the Dolphins online, are very familiar with. We have uh, Chris Shastity with us here today, and uh, we're recapping the Dolphins-Seahawks game, as well as a few extracurricular activities that went on before the game. Chris, how are you doing tonight?
0: Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely, and you can follow Chris on Twitter at Finns Chris. that's P-H, not F, P-H-I-N-S, Chris. So Chris, even before the, the Dolphins game got started, which was a heartbreaking 12-10 to 10 loss to the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, very hostile environment, also had some extracurricular activities um, with the protests. Some Dolphins fans don't care whatsoever. Some people care very much. Uh, what do you make of this?
0: Well, I think... If you begin by looking at the cause, it's a good cause, it's a good social cause. And what you have are four players who wanted to draw attention to their cause. And and the point of protest is to do that, is to draw people to a cause. But when the method of protest is divisive and disrespectful, as was the case, the cause gets totally lost and now what you have is a group of people who salute them for doing what they did and another group of people who totally disagree with their methods and all you have now is this debate going back and forth about what they did and the cause has gotten lost in the noise which i think is kind of sad quite frankly i liked what the seahawks did standing at attention um, arms locked in unity it was respectful and they didn't lose the message they were trying to get across. So um, yep. I sincerely hope that Arian Foster, Kenny Stills, Jelani Jenkins, and Michael Thomas rethink how they're trying to get their message across and find a different way that's not as divisive or disrespectful.
1: So yeah, Chris, I just, I just want to get your opinion on this. It, it came out today as well that Stephen Ross actually supports uh, what Michael Thomas and company did had a conversation with them after the game. Said let's mm-hmm. find a way to do something about this. So given the owner support that they're getting, do you, do you still see that being the case moving forward, or how do you see that playing out?
0: Well, I, you know, this is it, there's a there's kind of a plus and a minus to Ross sticking his nose in it. The plus is that he can help them to channel their cause in a more productive way and hopefully that's what comes of this. Um, Mr. Ross started his RISE initiative last year, I believe, or maybe even a year before that, to deal with um, social causes just like this one. And uh, that, you know, if, if they can take that cause and get it channeled in a more productive way, then it can be very positive. The risk is that it, it causes distraction. You have people in the locker room, that you have fans that don't like the way Mr. Ross is going about it, and you start to have a fracture not only inside the locker room but among the fans. Armando Salguero, the beat writer for the Miami Herald, published a letter uh, from a season ticket holder who wrote uh, to Mr. Ross telling him he was dropping his season tickets because he disagreed with how Mr. Ross and those players were were behaving. You know, the, the point of this whole thing is football and the risk of of distraction definitely there, definitely something that a rookie a rookie coach just doesn't need. But if Mr. Ross can be successful in channeling this in a positive way and the players can take that for for what he intends, then a lot of good can come of it. So, yeah, I, um I would-
1: I would say say so too and to, to jump in there chris i i i look at this whole uh, these protests and these whole issues I, I live in st louis so i'm 15 miles away from ferguson i'm a season ticket holder for mizzou i look back and again i'm a very statistically driven a very factual person in terms yeah i in terms of having a conversation i start to ask Can we acknowledge, can we put in there that there's a 45% increase in murdered cops this year? Can we put in there that there is a 17% increase in violent crimes in the 50 major cities since Ferguson? Can we put in there that there's a 23% decrease in freshman enrollment at the University of Mizzou, which has cost the university, I don't even know how much money. So in terms of having a conversation, I would love to have a conversation about these mm-hmm. issues I, I don't have to I don't have to defend that I'm not racist I am not racist that that mm-hmm. so so until we can have those conversations but have them be statistically and factually based uh, I don't see this ending anytime soon so how, how do we I, I don't even know how do we come to it together and actually have a conversation about this I, I don't know but I'll let you have the last word before we move on to football.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it, how do you how do you have a dialogue? Well, first of all, there has to be a respectful atmosphere between both sides of the conversation. And that means don't engage in divisive or disrespectful behaviors that that drives a wedge in between fellow Americans. And and I think if you can if you can encourage a a positive and open tone, then good things always will happen. So you know, again in you know, in, in deference to what Mr. Ross is trying to do, if he can be successful, then this energy might be challenged or channeled in a more positive way. And and that dialogue can happen. So, you know, here's praying, here's hoping that, that, that does that, that does come to pass.
1: I agree. Couldn't have said it better. Moving on to the game, obviously a, a big-time heartbreaker in, in Seattle. I think if we had said that mm-hmm. the Dolphins were going to lose this by two points here at the end of the game in Seattle where they're almost 11-point underdogs, we would have said, well, they played a pretty good game. And overall, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good, a lot of positive takeaways for the Miami Dolphins going to Seattle, dropping this game 12-10, to 10, but still doesn't make it easy. Still a heartbreaker.
0: Still a heartbreaker, and I think it's it's even tougher to take when you realize the Dolphins left at least 13 points on the field and in a game like that you just can't afford to do that and that against that opponent in that venue and uh that's what did them in in the end
1: yeah Kenny Stills dropping a 71-yard touchdown There, we're gonna see gosh till the end of time now <laughs> um right yeah Looking at uh, you know Ryan Tannehill, I thought I saw a lot. I saw I, I saw him being a lot quicker, taking a lot more shots downfield. I liked that there were some pre-designed runs for him too. So you know it's 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 hard to look at a game where you score ten points and say they moved the ball pretty well, but they, they did move the ball pretty well. The problem is just what you said is you know instead of putting ten points on on the board, you've got twenty. Or instead of putting twenty-three points on the board, you only put ten up
0: right, and um, so, I think firstly, Ryan tannehill um didn't turn the ball over, didn't make the big mistake um, he was asked to to implement a conservative game plan um against one of the best defenses in the n f l playing at home with a very loud crowd behind them, um so many ways for. Mistakes to happen, um, especially with a rookie center in front of you. But I thought he did a tremendous job of managing the game. Third down efficiency was not that great, less than you know 25%. That's probably the one. You know, black mark on the effort. You've got to be able to keep the sticks moving, but um, not having any turnovers was huge yesterday. Um, You'd like to see a better conversion rate in the red zone, Um, you know, getting back to those 13 points. As you pointed out, one was um, Adam Gaze taking a gamble on fourth and one, didn't work out. Another one was, you know, Kenny Stills dropping a wide open um, touchdown. It happens, very unfortunate that it happened in that situation, Um, and believe me, he knows he cost the team the game by dropping that ball. Um, And then um, inexplicably, a, a good kicker like Andrew Franks missing a chip shot field goal. And I think that's what creates the pain today for Dolphin fans, that this game was there for the taking. And, you know, simple things, or, or what, what cost them to win.
1: I want to ask you about two two aspects of something you just said and, and really get your take here. Uh, one of mm-hmm. the things you brought up was, was the Dolphins' rookie center in Anthony Steen. Reports are or came out over the weekend that Mike Pouncey may miss two to three more weeks potentially, given that he may have a fracture in his hip. Uh, I, I haven't right. seen confirmation fully on that yet. What do you make of that first before we go to the other one?
0: Well, you know, first of all, you've got to be concerned for Pouncey's health. You don't want to put him out there and have him have a major setback. By all accounts, this is an injury that he can bounce right back from and come out and be healthy. And, and contribute to this team's success this season. So, the you know, in a way, they got lucky in, in uh, picking up Steen and having him work out at center. And, uh, you know, again, I thought he quitted himself very well yesterday in a really tough spot, in a tough environment. And I mean, he's the guy that's got to be able to snap the ball when there's noise going on and... and uh, He's got to be able to call out line plays and and calls. And I just thought he did a tremendous job. So, you know, the Dolphins have the luxury of making sure they don't rush Pouncy back sooner than he needs to. You have a serviceable center, make sure he gets healthy, and then, uh, you know, then you can be back in business. So I think it worked out okay he's the least of their worries right now, I'll put it to you that way.
1: You're, yeah, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Anthony Steen, I'll tell you what, if he keeps playing a few more games like this, Mike Pouncey may have to be worried about where he's going to f- uh, figure in when he comes back. I mean I, I do think Pouncey gets his job back regardless, but mm-hmm. Anthony mm-hmm. Steen has done a hell of a job. Not just this one game, it's not like we were... I wasn't even crossing my fingers hoping Steen would play well in this game. I assumed he would play well based on what I had seen in preseason. You just watch him. Not only is he assignments out, but he looks like that he knows what he's doing. Just watching him interact and pick up blitzes and call out one. I mean, that's impressive stuff. Really does go back, you'd have to think, to Nick Saban and being coached at Alabama. I know it's a sin to bring up his name in Dolphins' world, but the reality is <laughs> He's a well coached guy, so <laughs> yeah well I think
0: I think you know I think the thing too is the poise of him, you know as a rookie stepping in there and being able to handle that situation, especially with the noise and and really not firing a ball over Tannehill's head when he wasn't looking or making you know making the big penalty or the big mistake you know i I just thought he did a really great job in about as tough a situation. As as you could ask of him,
1: he did a great job, and uh, there are a lot of also very good defensive performances yesterday. Maybe not in the final two minutes, but for the first Uh, fifty-eight for sure. You know, know, I I, I, I saw a lot. I saw a lot that I liked in the defense yesterday, uh, and and I thought that it looked like not not only was it a sturdier looking unit. Yeah, Jordan Phillips played a hell of a game. Mario Williams stockier off the edge, not saying he's mm. better than Olivier Vernon, but stronger mm. for sure. And mm. then the mm. linebacker group was flying all around the field. What, what were your takeaways defensively from the game yesterday, Chris?
0: Well, I think firstly, you, you've got to um, salute you know defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and his staff. That was a brilliant defensive game plan yesterday that they put in. It was strength on strength. The Seahawks wanted to run the ball. That defensive front would not let them get going. On that, their their running back Michael um, had over four yards of carry, but he really didn't do anything of consequence to the Dolphins all day long. And you know, a couple weeks ago, I wrote a wrote a column, and I said that there's no unit on that team um, that will have more to say about wins and losses than the defensive front. And uh, yesterday, they sure did prove it out. Um, I know they gave up. You know, they didn't get to Wilson and disrupt him on that game-winning drive he had at the end, but there's no way you can blame the defense for this one. They, They just balled like crazy yesterday. I also think that Kiko Alonso started very quietly, but at the end of the game, you look at the stat sheet and you see 11 tack. You know, you you would expect to see Rashad Jones at the top of the list with a dozen, but then to see Alonzo one behind him, you're kind of like, oh, you know, he he was so quiet. And uh, in a forced fumble, and, well, in a fumble recovery as well, um, you know, he was so quiet and you didn't think that he was doing anything. And then you look down and he's like, wow, this guy actually, you know, he kind of filled up the stat sheet. Um, I thought the safeties yeah. were that's some of the best game. It's one of the best games I've seen by our safeties in a long time. You know, Isa abdul Caduce played a fantastic game. What an upgrade he's been over, you know, kind of the, the revolving door the Dolphins had the last two seasons with Delmas not being able to stay healthy. I thought that Vance Joseph did a very good job of hiding Zavian Howard opposite Byron Maxwell yesterday and not having him in a situation where he was on an island too much. Uh, He did a good job disguising that weakness at cornerback. Um, Unfortunately, on that last drive, Baldwin got matched up on um, Bobby McCain, and and that just didn't work out well. But I thought for 59 minutes, uh, the defense was just absolutely terrific.
1: It was absolutely terrific. And I'll tell you a couple observations you made there, Chris. Uh, I think Esau abdul and and Kiko Alonso, the combination of them instead of Michael Thomas – or Walt Atkins, and and Kelvin Shepard. What a difference that makes. Uh, Both are in terms of talent and speed. And yeah, Xavier and Howard, you're right. They did do a very good job of disguising him. And what I liked is they they moved him a little bit further off the ball than they did Maxwell, so that Mm. he he would allow for five, six, seven-yard catches, and then Howard, with that closing speed, would be able to come up and make him pay for it. Yeah, they would have the completion, but That's an effective use of that, as opposed to the whole bonehead Kevin Coyle scheme where it's a cover three bail where you just let them run up the field and then you just take off if you're the defensive back for some reason. Nobody knows why, but thank God I saw a defensive coordinator who could get the job done. I I I saw people flying around. I saw talent on the field. I am excited to see what this defense brings for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, you know, I am too, and uh, again, I think the the success of that unit is going to be predicated on the defensive front. If they can continue to pressure quarterbacks uh, the way that they did to Russell Wilson yesterday, the Dolphins are going to be in a lot of games this year where they can win. And, um, you know, it's amazing you hold Seattle to 10 points at home or 12 points at home i think you have to have a lot of respect for how difficult that is with an elite quarterback like russell wilson and the home crowd so um yeah. you know, hats off again to the staff to those players i don't i don't know how you can ask much more from them than than they gave yesterday
1: and even when you look at the last drive uh, you see, even though it's a 14-play drive, yeah, we lost the game on that. Darn it. But every play was contested, too. There, You know, maybe other than the Doug Baldwin 20-yard catch. But other than that, everything was contested. And so definitely a good mm-hmm. start for the defense. Hopefully they hold off next time. Chris, and, and, and please uh, prone- help me to pronounce your last name.
0: Shashadi.
1: Shashadi. I've been calling you Shastity for the last Decades, so my apologies there.
0: That's okay. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> love you too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know, just one uh, more, one more comment if I could about um, Ryan yeah. Tannehill. You know, there were a, a lot of fans just flooding my email. Uh, last night and and again this morning with you know a lot of criticism of Ryan Tannehill and Lord knows I've been in the criticism line um, I've I've criticized him in the past um, but you know after yesterday I think we have to stop and give him a lot of credit for the work that he's done in the off season um, I see a much better deep ball from him than I've seen in the past. I saw very strong evidence yesterday of a guy who is beginning to read blitzes much better than he has in years past. I thought it was really ballsy on his part um, to take control of that playbook on that, on that um, touchdown drive at the end of the game, calling his own number He understands he's athletic, he's big, and and taking leadership and ownership of putting that ball in the end zone. You know, again, the stat sheet doesn't have five touchdown passes. It isn't Marino-esque, but he did what he needed to do against the defense like that in that venue to give his team a chance to win. And I thought he took a really big... Step forward in um, asserting himself. So um, and, and, and I, was, it's an interesting I was pleased story with him. Because,
1: yeah, I, I was pleased too. And when you look at the statue, Chris, if you, if that that if he had the same stats and then that seventy-one yard completion for touchdown had gone to Kenny Stills, now you're talking about seventeen for thirty, two hundred and fifty plus yards, a touchdown, and a victory at Seattle. I mean, that's, yeah, that's how big right. of
0: a play that was. That's, That's a right. Big We're all data happy data. today. We're all back slapping each other, and uh, yep. you know it's it's cheers all the way around. Um, unfortunately, Stills dropped the ball, but you know your quarterback is supposed to put you in a position to win the game. He's supposed to be a difference maker. Last year, maybe he overthrows Kenny Stills by five yards, um, and how many times have we seen him do that in the past? And but yesterday yeah. was right on the money. Um, I didn't see very much evidence of accuracy issues as he's had in the past. I didn't see a guy who was confused by blitzes, as I've seen in the past. Um, I saw a much more assertive leader, a guy who's been given responsibility. And even even in today's presser, uh, Madam Gay saying, you know, I'm going to listen to him more when he comes to the sidelines and says to me, I want to do this, not that. And uh, that only comes from trust. A head coach having trust in his quarterback to make good choices, you know, again, I thought did a very good job yesterday under difficult circumstances for any quarterback.
1: Me too, and, you know, I I like that now, He's working with a head coach and an offensive mind who not only is giving him the freedom to be able to do that, but also trusts that he's going to do that too. I, you know, I'm not married to Ryan Tannehill. So looking at this year, the Dolphins have to know about him by the end of the year. And there is no, mm-hmm. you know, hey, it's a year in the offense, et cetera, et cetera. When you look at the quarterbacks that Gaze has worked with, the Peyton Mannings, John Kitna, Mark Bulger. Even Tim Tebow, they were immediately better when working with Adam Gase and Jake Cutler, obviously, too. So mm-hmm. the expectation is that he is going to be immediately better working with Adam Gase in his first year. Chris, thank you very much here for joining us here tonight. Uh, I think we've gone over a little bit over our 15-minute timing that we said. Follow Chris on Twitter at FinsChris with a P-H. Chris, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Anything else you'd like to throw in there tonight?
0: No, uh, I think a tough game coming up again at New England. Uh, The Dolphins have a chance to steal one, which they haven't done in New England in maybe seven or eight years since the Wildcat game. I'm looking forward to it. I think that that defense gives the Dolphins a chance to steal one and uh, go one up on the Patriots in the division and take the division lead.
1: Absolutely, and we'll hope that it happens here. That it would be a huge victory, a big upset for the Dolphins if that were the case. But you know, they they are missing a lot of people, and the matchups are there. Chris, thanks again for joining us here tonight, and yeah, my uh, we pleasure will Thank you for having again. me. Absolutely, and we'll think, we'll I'm sure have you on. You know, we're we're doing this segment. We're not sure what to call this segment yet, but really rotating between Dolphins fans that that we really know know what they're talking about. You're definitely in that group. So thanks again. Yeah.
0: Thank you, appreciate that. Have a good evening.
1: You too. And in the words of Brian Miller, if it's not on the right side and it is not on the left Definitely. side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the
0: left side
1: for the right side, and it must be the fence side. side. It ain't the left, left side for the right, right side, then it must uh. be the fin side. Uh. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do with. We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it All we need is to figure what to do to win Fans Radio, live and direct Win or lose, we're showing up for every contest No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar Rockin' Apple orange over here then you familiar Every week they coming through our speakers to fulfill the Crepe we have to hear And all the latest news That's the rookies trying to make the team Paying dues Current players and alumni interviews City to city, state to state Follow the moves Call the hotline, Dolphins talk, set to go Best sports team and show All across the globe It ain't the left side